Good morning, YouTube family. I need to adjust this a little bit. Hey, glad to see you guys are on here. Obi, I saw you have a comment. Let me address that. Obi says, um, did my last trial with my NARC and she won. I guess in California, it's 100% legal to cheat the system uh, as long as you don't get caught at first doing it. Yes, <laughs> let's say that's true, Obi, sadly, and not just California. Our justice system is way broken right now and probably has been actually broken for quite a long time. Had all the evidence pointing to what happened before my mentally disabled eyes many moons ago, but because I just found out it was my fault, I didn't know she was cheating the system. Not quite sure what I'm catching there. I just said it was... It is what it is, and now I'm just moving on, and thanks for showing me what I was up against. Yeah. Hey, good morning, John. Good to see you as well. Obi, I don't know what to tell you. Right now, there's not a whole lot of justice going on. Let me just say that. Um, so, sorry that you went through what you did, and I think you have the right outlook. You got to just, you know, start, start moving on. And... Uh, you got to improve yourself, right? Work on yourself and not become like the narcissist. Because if you become like the narcissist, your life is going to become like theirs. It's it's a disaster. Uh, there's nothing really to to want in that, in that camp. Well, today, you guys, the topic is narcissists have competition. And, <laughs> you know, I just was thinking, are we just completely surrounded by these narcissists? There are so many crazy psychotic people out there that I just can't even understand how our world is functioning right now or maybe just our country because I don't think this is in every country is happening in every country not yet anyway but I think that our social fabric has definitely been manipulated and degraded to the point where people are walking around behaving much like a narcissist even if they don't really have the NPD diagnosis, they don't really are, they're not really a narcissist, but they've, they've adjusted themselves. They've learned the behaviors of narcissism, but it's being cloaked as, as being independent or confident or uh, proud of yourself, or I don't know. I'm, I think that terminology more is like brave, stunning and brave, right? People will say this person is stunning and brave for doing the most stupid, dumb, uh, I don't know, things possible and behaving as badly as possible. But they're like, but they're being themselves. So that's stunning and brave. I'm like, yeah, but being themselves is a wackadoo. <laughs> you know, they're a total wackadoo. So why are we celebrating people being wackadoos out there, psychotic, uh, annoying, uh, arrogant, just total jerks, really? And but because they're flamboyant, they're stunning and brave, you know, because they're willing to be ostentatious and the big, you know, just the way overt narcissists are. They're being called stunning and brave. And I'm thinking, are you absolutely out of your mind? And then they turn the language that if you don't accept them the way they are, as horrible of a person as they are, as deluded and psychotic of a person as they are, then you're hateful, right? So at least they're not hateful. You're the one who's hateful because you don't approve of their insanity. So now because you're the hateful person, they can be as degenerate towards you as possible. They can they can slander you, they can smear you all over town, they can be an awful, horrible, beyond rude to you. And you're like, uh, are you freaking kidding me? All right, um, this is the world we are living in. And that's why I say narcissists have competition. It is not a world where I'd say 90 or even maybe 80% of the people are okay. It seems like there there's probably far less than that. Maybe 70% of the people 
I hope that there are more that are normal, but if you use social media and you watch social media, it seems like there is a crazy large population that's just completely unhinged, just has has decided to live in some alternate universe where good is bad, bad is good, um, their complete delusion is sanity and should be accepted, right? And, and you're like, no, if, if I'm looking at these fish and I decide, no, you know what? That big, that big orange one with the black stripe on top, he's not a fish. He's a dog. He's my puppy. I'm going to call him my puppy. And from now on, that is not a fish. It is a water puppy. That's what I'm going to call it. And then I make my friends believe, or not believe, but um, pretend that this is a puppy and that they should bring doggy treats for this new puppy that I have. You know, I think my friends would go, uh, you're, you're delusional. <laughs> this is not a puppy. There's no such thing as a water puppy. Well, I guess they call what seals pups, right? When they're, they're uh, babies. But I'm telling you, if I call this fish a puppy and then I make everybody uh, address it as if it's a puppy. And, um, and here I am delusional thinking that this puppy can, can do tricks and, and retrieve things for me, tennis balls and all that. I mean, how delusional can a person be and then expect other people to abide by their delusion. And then when other people don't abide by their delusion, then those other people are evil and mean and hateful and intolerant. It's like, no, these other people are trying to bring you back to sanity. These other people aren't saying they don't care about you. In fact, they do care about you because they don't want you to fall into this psychosis. Oh, you guys, there is so crazy. It is so crazy. So. Today, narcissism has become almost the standard of living. It, it is the standard of being. I know of some people who, because they feel like, oh, they're different. Oh, oh, let me go into this. So we've been raised in a society for actually quite a while now, for at least a couple of decades. Let me think. How many decades, if I can think back? At least possibly four decades at this point, because I think it may have started in the 80s, maybe not started, but it became more and more prevalent in the 80s to act as if everybody is special, right? Everybody is special. You know, you are unique. There is no one like you. So this is what's being told to everybody out there. And then in the 90s, isn't that when they did the everybody gets a trophy? It's not about winning. Um, and I understand building a little child's uh, confidence. I, I get that. But when you're telling somebody they don't have to achieve anything, they just automatically get a trophy because, and even if they don't show up for practices and don't even go to most of the games, but because they're part of the team, they all get a trophy. So people have been walking around believing they are super special. There's no one like them. And then on top of that, now in the 2000s or maybe in the 80s and 90s and beyond, actually, there's always been a smaller group of people who kind of buck the trend, right? They, they don't want to behave like everybody else. They don't like, like to be conservative and reserved and responsible and um, do the things that are expected of them. They want to to forge their own way. And I, I think that's wonderful, forging your own way, right? But forging your own way has now become the norm. Like if there's anything that they think is normal, so they have to kind of reach way back in the way back machine and find people who live normal lives in the 80s and 90s. And then they have to identify now in 2020 well, 2022, right, the 2020s, that um, they're not like the people in the 80s. They're not like their parents. They're not like their grandparents. They're not like 
you know, the generations before them. So they, in order to feel special, they, they have to buck the trend. They, they have to uh, be shocking. They have to be loud. They have to be obnoxious. They have to be in your face and telling you, you have to accept me the way I am. It's like, okay, but when you encroach on my comfort in my, my um, personal space, right? If you get into my face and you're obstructing my life, then no, I don't have to accept this. But you can go do your thing and be your way where you want to be. But when you say that to somebody, suddenly you're hateful, you're mean, you're evil. So in reality, what's happening is we're creating all these mini narcissists. I don't know how many they are. They're, they're like the, the private narcissists we have, right? The, the public, I guess, really, not private, but the, the individual narcissist that wanders about and just pretty much wrecks havoc in everybody's life that they have access to. It is so incredibly narcissistic, <clears throat> excuse me guys, for, for them to believe that they themselves are special, but everybody else around them is standard and normal. And they don't want to be normal, right? They, they want to be special because they believe there's nobody like them. But what they don't understand is this applies to everyone, this, this mentality. This teaching that everybody is special. There's nobody like everybody. And so that means there's nearly 8 billion very special people walking this earth. <laughs> so I'm thinking, so why do you deserve um, more, more attention? Why, why do you deserve to be noticed? Why do you deserve to be affirmed by everybody else or worshipped by everybody else or or liked or appreciated or followed by everybody else you and then nearly eight billion other people right i'm just amazed i am amazed at how psychotic people have gotten and it's sickening but it seems like there is so many more narcissists walking amongst us now. They're not the normal, you know, once in a while you have someone a little bit outlandish and then they outgrow it and then they're fine, right? But what you have now is during the year, their outlandish stage where they're trying to find out who they are and what they like, um, they treat everybody as if everybody's their enemy. They treat everybody as if they're, the, everybody else is here to be their fan club because they're so special. This is what I'm talking about, that narcissists have competition. So the true narcissists that are out there, the ones that do have this personality disorder, I wonder what it's like for them to look around and see so many imposters, right? See so many people who are simply not narcissists, but they're just unhinged. And now we call them cluster B, right? The cluster B crazies out there. And people who identify as borderline or um, whatever, all the other ones, uh, histrionic, they, they identify as these needy, emotional, unstable, um, outlandish, outbursting, not in control of their emotions, not in control of themselves. So therefore, they're not responsible for themselves. I wonder what narcissists are thinking when they see these people. Because they're like, what the heck? No, I'm the special one. I'm the most intelligent one in this room. I'm the most beautiful one or the most handsome or the most, you know, whatever, cunning, the most clever, the most... Every, you know, charming person in this room, obviously. And then I'm just like, wow, um, when I look around, I kind of wonder what these narcissists think when they encounter these crazy cluster B people who behave like narcissists. They expect the same things that narcissists do. 
They expect to have flying monkeys. They expect, you know, the flying monkeys to do their bidding. Oh my gosh, you guys, I was just watching a video earlier today. Um, sometimes I watch these videos where they break down crazy TikToks, all right? And there are these crazy people out there, and mostly women. I haven't seen the men yet. Um, I, I'm wondering, somebody needs to do a channel on crazy TikTok men. But I think the crazy TikTok men, you can't talk about them because they're the ones who are, and I'll say it, they're the ones who are the outlandish, uh, not identifying as men, men, okay? And you're not allowed to talk about them because then that's not being accepting and that's not allowing the delusion, that's not being kind or tolerant or whatever, I don't know. But it seems like women... So you can't do the other way around too. women who are transitioning, they, you know, um, actually women who are transitioning to men seem to be calmer. Like they seem to be calming down. Uh, they take on the traits of men as far as higher testosterone, the ones that are taking testosterone. I was watching a, okay, so I'm jumping around you guys. Sorry about this. But since I'm on this part now. I was watching a an interview. Let me think. Who was it? Michael Knowles. I think that's his name. K-N-O-W-L-E-S. So I think he did an interview. So if you guys would go look for that. Uh, he has a YouTube channel. He did an interview with a woman who transitioned to a man and then transitioned back. And she talked about how when she was transitioning to a man, she was taking um, testosterone. And in fact, she seemed more normal, honestly, as a man than she did as a woman to me. Normal as in more, um, not as crazy as the crazy women I'm seeing on TikTok, all right? Not the women who are like, I'm a queen, I'm a princess. And of course, if you're transitioning to a man, you're not going to be this wild, crazy, I'm a queen, I'm a princess shouting type of person who expects that men bow down to them. So, so you can't, so I guess those channels are not as crazy, right? Where women are transitioning to men. Now men who are transitioning to women, it seems to them they get to have this license of becoming a crazy psychotic princess, if you will, right? And you're like, um, no, this is total psychosis. Whether you're a man transitioning to a woman or a woman just being overtaken by the culture right now, overtaken by the narrative out there about what what women, empowered women look like. You know, they're stunning and brave and they're, oh, okay. So let me go back to this video I was watching this morning. Um, I'm trying to remember what is, okay, this woman, she says, I'm, I'm going to be, oh, I forgot how she said that. Ah, sorry, you guys. But she, she considered herself brave by being controversial. That's what it was. I'm going to be controversial yet brave. And her controversy, I don't know how this is controversial among these women, but the whole video is bashing men. It's just bashing the average guy out there that she tried to pick up at a bar or and, and he didn't fall for it. He wouldn't go for it. Or he used her for a couple of days or nights or whatever. And then he ghosted her. So then she's like, what the heck? But if you look at her profile, she's not the kind of woman that a guy would want long term. She's psychotic. She's crazy. She's a, a ranting psycho and not only that she's also an ex exhibitionist you look at her her instagram or whatever it is where they post all these pictures and there's about a hundred pictures of her in barely wearing any clothes let's just say that and if she's wearing clothes that are so tight fitting if she were a man you'd know whether she was uh what her religion was <laughs> let's say that um so here she is she thinks that, and this is funny to me, there are women out there who are like, oh yeah, she does say this too. And there are other women who are just like her, who are like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to dress up to the nines. I'm going to look hot. I'm going to, I'm going to have my 
I guess they call it hot girl summer, right? Well, this girl, she decides to call it something else. I forgot. Uh, flirty something and free. I don't know. But, um, and bouncing. I guess she goes from guy to guy to guy. And so instead of calling it hot girl summer, which I guess people have now discovered means just becoming completely degenerate and uh, pretty much like a prostitute, except for you don't get paid, right? So I'm like, okay, so now you're not going to call it that anymore. Now you're going to call it this other thing, free, fun, and bouncy or something like that. I forget what it's called. Flirty, no, flirty something and free, I freak, who knows. So just because they relabel it, and yet they're going to still go out to the bars every week and try, of course, the ultimate goal is to try to get a guy to come, you know, come home with them or for them to go home with the guy. But she won't admit that. She calls it talking to guys. I, I go out to talk to guys. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Then why do you go out practically naked? Like, what? what is this? You know, if you want to just meet a guy to chat with, you can wear regular jeans, a t-shirt, stop at the bar and start up a conversation. Why do you need to wear, I don't even know why they even call it a neckline anymore. It's not a neckline. They call it a plunging neckline. Pretty much goes all the way down to your belly button. And I'm like, that is not a neckline. That is pretty much an open shirt. It's a vest, right? It's a vest. And uh, anyway, so they wear these clothes and then they think, I'm doing this for me. I'm going out with the girls and we're going to look hot. I'm like, who are you looking hot for? You are not looking hot for each other. You're looking, you're trying to look in a way that would draw attention from who? From who, you guys? From men, right? So there are these psycho women who go out. And I'm sorry, it seems like I'm just coming down on women today. But I've only seen these videos of women. Now, I know there are Chads and Tyrones out there. Um, but it's almost like they admit it. They're like, no, we're just out here to have fun. We're not settling down. We're going to bounce from girl to girl and, and have fun doing it. And they drive nice cars and they've been working on their bodies and they, they have a, you know, a great income. So they know they can have whatever girl they want. And now women are, I mean, it's kind of hard to, to say how crazy they are when it's society that's created them this way. When it's women who want to be flirty, bouncy, and whatever it was that girl said, hot girl summer really is what it is, who want to be like that. And then they say, I don't understand that men just use us and then throw us away. And I'm like, um, because that's what you do. This is what you're doing. But if any of us, other women or other men, you know, God forbid, a man should tell this to a woman and men have. And I, when, a, when we try to tell them, you're crazy, <laughs> pretty much just you're crazy. Calm down. This is not good. This is psychotic. This is delusional to think that you're behaving in a way that's valuable to somebody else right? The rest of us are looking at you. And even though you, I would say probably some of these women are up there. They're probably eights, nines, you know, I, well, maybe even a 10, I guess for some, but when you, when you open your mouth or even the way you look around the room or even the way you, um, I don't know, start flirting, I guess, right, with other people. We can tell. We can tell there's there's crazy behind that. We can tell that you're being fake, right? You think that you're so charming that nobody can possibly tell that you're just lying to their face to, to get them to like you. And in fact, this woman even goes on to... to people, the women who listen to her, to go ahead and lie to the guys that they're talking with. Because, you know, in case conversation gets boring or whatever, just start making up a bunch of lies about your past and that you were a champion at this or you were most likely to be a millionaire or whatever, you know. And I'm just like, okay, because 
that's not psychotic, right? <laughs> that's not crazy town. Uh, so you guys, this is why I say narcissists have competition. These people are actually advising people. Maybe somewhat normal people, right? The, the average person out there. Maybe they're not normal. But the average person out there. They're advising them to lie. They're advising them to be promiscuous to the point where they don't even know the name of the person they were with for the last seven nights, right? Like different people every night for seven nights type of thing. And um, that they dress as if they have no clothing, really, right? They dress as if they're a stripper. And I, I'm like, why? Why are you doing this? And then you, you're walking around in restaurants where you know there will be families and children. They don't understand. They, they live in this delusional world where this is normal, right? Because they, they live in a bubble where they believe that this is what men want. And all the while, they're saying they don't care what men want and they don't care what men think. And yet everything they do is catering to try to attract what they consider is a hot guy. But he can't just be hot. He has to have like six figures, drive a nice car, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. So I wonder what narcissists think when they see this. They, they must feel like the world is closing in on them too. I don't know. If you guys have any ideas, please let me know. What does a, would a narcissist think when they look around and they see these psychotic other people behaving pretty much the same way they behave? but very, very overtly, right? The overt narcissist. And they're strutting their thing. They're... The only thing that's different between them and a narcissist is that in the quiet times, in the, the behind closed doors moments, these crazy women, they know who they are. They know they're not all of that and a bag of chips, right? They know they're not a big catch. They know that they're not wife material. They know that they're not, um, well, they might believe that they're hot, right? They may believe that they're really good looking. And there's, it's hilarious to me because there are a lot of really below average looking people who think that they're still a 10. I'm like, how, how are you a 10? <laughs> you're not a 10. You're, you're vastly overweight. You're not curvy in the right places. You got a giant belly. And this goes for men too, by the way. Um, you, you look like a dumpster. Okay. I'm just going to say it. They look like a dumpster. And yet they think because of the way society has been with tolerance and everybody gets a trophy mentality, then it doesn't matter how you look on the outside, you're still a 10. And I'm like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> That is not how it works, but they want to feel good about themselves. Now, what sets them apart from a real narcissist is behind closed doors, in the quiet times of their day, they have doubts. They know they're not all of that. They know they're not a 10. They know they can't compete with people who have better character. They know that they're annoying at times and people have reacted badly to them because people really don't like that loud, obnoxious, annoying, but they think, you know, confidence, right? They think it's being confident, but it's really just being annoying. It's being arrogant. So the difference between the narcissist and these, I, I don't know, uh, narcissist wannabes, I don't know what they are. Um, is that the wannabes really do know who they are eventually. I mean, they're going to have their breakdowns. They go to therapy. They have to go to therapy because they're trying to make this their reality. They're trying to convince a therapist that their reality is that they're a 10 and everybody should love them, but they don't understand why everybody doesn't love them. And it must be everybody else's fault that their life is a total wreck, right? Okay, that's the difference between these weirdo, psycho, narcissist-like people and a real narcissist. But they all affect us the same way. 
they go out there and they lie to us. They put on a facade. They do, they, you know, they do the love bombing like these girls will do and guys too. Uh, the Chads and the Tyrones will go out there and like flood you with uh, compliments and attention and act as if they like, you know, you're so exciting and wonderful and amazing because they're trying to get something out of you, right? Um, and, but the fake narcissist, they overdo it, but they also have, um, what is they're not, they're not able to, to see that we all can see through it. Like they're so over the top that you're, you're uncomfortable. You see the, how fake they are. Like the amount of makeup that they, they throw onto themselves, that's clue number one. And that's, I don't understand these women who don't know that we all can see them coming a mile away. Some of them are just delusional. They may be very nice people, but they're just delusional on the makeup issue, makeup and nails. And but, but that means that they're marking themselves to be identified with the other psycho-narcissistic people. So, of course, everybody just goes, okay, this person, sadly, is not a worthy person. So, they're just going to use them and then they get ghosted and then they, they complain about how horrible everybody else is. But they don't stop to think, why do they keep getting used? Why do people keep picking them up and using them for a week or two and then ghosting them? They, they think it must be everybody else's fault. And yeah, it's sad that there are some people out there that Chad's and Tyrone's that will do that. But there are also some somewhat normal, decent men out there who for a moment think, wow, you know, this person is so beautiful, so gorgeous, so flirty with me and, and, they're, they're paying all this attention to me, just like a narcissist would when they're love bombing, right? So the fake attention, the fake interest that these girls will pour onto a guy. And then um, the mask comes off pretty much within a week or two, maybe a month or two. And then the guy's like, uh, yeah, I cannot deal with this psycho person. <laughs> so... Then they think, oh, the guy ghosted me or he dumped me. What a horrible person. And they fail to see that they're a psycho person, that they have these outbursts, that they're manipulative, that they, they guilt the guy for everything and the guy can do no right. And then, still, and then they're still expected to pay for everything and to serve this woman. Oh, yeah. So back to this video this woman says she was being she was being controversial yet brave and she's bashing the guys and she says something oh no no actually this is a different one it was a maybe an article this other woman wrote said something like um you can't don't even try to impress me you're not going to impress me and i have everything i need and um she goes on and on about all this baloney right and then the picture of her is essentially she's wearing band-aids and floss. Band-aids and floss, you guys. All right. So she's so confident in herself that she feels the need to walk around pretty much naked. Like, what the heck is band-aids and floss going to do? Really? Nobody, nobody can imagine what the heck's behind that band-aid. Oh, my gosh. They're so stupid. I, I'm sorry, but this is just... I cannot understand this delusion out there right now. I just can't understand it. But, um, so she, she puts it out there like, you know, I make plenty of money. I don't need your money. I don't need this from you. I don't, I'm like, why the heck do you have a, a dating profile? What is that? Why would you even be out there wanting a guy, right? And it occurred to me, what she's looking for is not a man who's a man. She's looking for a slave. She's looking for a servant. She's looking for a guy who will serve her hand and foot and not complain. <clears throat> so she doesn't need a narcissist to come in and try to sweep her off her feet, right? Love bomb her and pour attention on her in a way that 
um, where he's trying to get her into bed because she already has made up her mind who she wants to be in bed with. So um, what is she really looking for? She's looking for a service. She's looking for a gigolo, you know, and I'm thinking, why are you on a dating site? Why don't you just hire a gigolo? What, you know, then that guy is not going to try to impress you. He's not going to try to um, win you over, right? She's just looking for somebody to serve her. This is what is out there, you guys. It's so insane to me how people can behave this way. And I wonder about the narcissist, the real narcissist out there. Like, they must feel like the world is going crazy, right? Because they're looking around, and at first they thought they were the only ones who were special. And now they're looking around, and they see all these crazies out there who go to therapy, who need uh, somebody to cheer them on and cheer on their delusions and accept their delusions of themselves, right? Delusions of grandeur, I guess. But there are other delusions, too, that are out there right now where I feel like people are losing their identity. Um, you know, if they don't know who they are or what they are, right? At this point, people don't even know what they are. And I'm like, okay, you don't know that you're a man or you don't know that you're a girl or a woman, then how do you know you're not a dog? Like this fish over here, right? Like I was talking at the beginning. How do you know that my fish over there with the black stripe on his head, he's behind the pot so you can see him on the bottom there coming down. Um, he's been trying to eat the food that falls down into the rocks. How do you know that my little fish there um, is not a dog? Like, if you think that my fish is a dog, then how do you know you're not a dog, <laughs> right? So I'm just wondering how these delusional people out there, you know, they want everybody else to be in the same delusion with them. And if you're not, then you're the crazy one or the hateful one. A friend of mine is going through this right now, which is sickening and sad to me. She is on a school board and she's trying to bring sanity back into the schools where they're trying to teach this BS to children, you guys. They're trying to teach children that they're so special, that there's no one like them, right? Okay, that I understand, okay. Trophy for everybody type of thing. But now they're also introducing, you're not what you think you are, right? If you don't know what you are absolutely 100% of the time, then, then you must be something else. So if for a moment you, you don't feel feminine, you must be a guy. If for a moment you don't feel masculine, you must be a girl. And I'm like, are you out of your freaking mind? This is what's happening in the school. I mean, and we're in kind of a conservative area, but it doesn't take a majority to change society. It takes a very loud minority to change society. So there's a very loud rude, angry, hateful side. Um, and maybe they're hateful because they're afraid, right? And then most people become hateful because they're afraid. They feel threatened that their way of life is going to be taken away. And so they lash out. So they have been smearing my friend. They have been targeting her, putting out on social media, trying to get interviewed by local media, news media to and they didn't just allude to or imply they came right out and said that my friend was hateful because she would not accept their delusion it's like no she's trying to keep it out of the schools like why are we telling children they're not something uh oh i think my fish is eating something that he shouldn't have oh thank goodness okay <laughs> sorry you may not have seen that he ate a little stick and uh, it kind of got stuck in his mouth. Um, so this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with this competition to narcissists that are out there that, I don't know, are they worse? Maybe I'll have to do a video on that. Are they worse than real narcissists? Or I don't know. I don't know. I think they're just as damaging, though. As narcissist so even if they are not a full-blown narcissist 
uh, who's delusional and, and has no question at all that they are um, the greatest, the best, the smartest, and uh, absolutely don't need therapy. But instead, what we have is a generation, no, not a generation, a population, because it's not just one generation, you guys. We have a population of therapy-ridden psychopaths who, who go to therapy to get the, the affirmation from their therapist that they're okay, that, that um, they're somehow normal, but we'll just work on some issues, these um, side issues, these, these uh, what do you call it? It's not, the, it's not the core problem. Like therapists don't work on the core problems anymore. And the core problem, honestly, is their identity. Their core problem is that they don't know who they are. They don't know real science. You know, they think that just because there's this psychotic narrative out there now that says science is, um, there you go, my fish are like way up at the top. Let's see if we can, yeah, there you go. Um, there's this narrative now out there that science is whatever you believe it is or whatever someone says it is. And they don't have to test it. They don't have to question it. They, they don't even have to repeat it. You guys, I don't know if you know this, but a scientific, something that's real and that's accurate, like say a medication, right? Um, the reason they know it works is it because you can see it tested. You can see it challenged. You can see it used on multiple different um, types of people, or if it's for animals, different animals uh, in different situations and, and, and see if it's the medicine itself that's helping the person or is it other issues, you know, other things that are helping the person. That's why they have these double blind um, testings. But what we're finding now is they're not, they're giving up the double blind testing. They're just administering the medication and then claiming that it works. And that's their science. I'm like, that, that's not how science works. Not only that, but the damage that some of the medications are doing, you don't just say, well, we don't know that it's the medication that's causing this, so therefore we're not going to even look into it. That's, that's not how science works. Like, if anybody gets ill or dies, right, right after taking a medication, um, usually... They do intense investigation on that medication. They don't just say, well, it could have been that this person had other issues, so we're not going to need to even look at the medication. It's probably these other issues that this person had. Maybe, you know, and even if they didn't have any pre-existing issues, maybe it was just their time to go anyway. Like, we can't tell what really caused their demise, but we're definitely not going to look at the medication. This is their science now that has convinced them to believe that they're super special. There's no one like them except that there are 8 billion people who are completely super special and not replicable. Um, this is their science. Uh, and then they walk around going to therapists who will then treat the symptoms of psychosis rather than the psychosis itself, right? They're like, yeah. We don't know why people around you are so mean to you or don't accept you the way you are. It must be all these other people. So how do you, you know, how as a therapist then, do I help this delusional person believe that there's nothing at all they need to change about themselves because they are who they are and everybody should love them the way they are and it's everybody else's problem. So what do therapists do? They teach these crazy people to believe that it's everybody else. And then how do you cope with people not accepting you? So the way you cope with people not, you know, like pretty much everybody not accepting you the way you are in your, in your delusion, the way you cope is you ignore them, right? You, you build this bubble around yourself and then you tell yourself over and over and over again that it's everybody else and you're the victim. Everybody else who's causing the problems in your life and you're just the victim. 
So you're not going to be, you know, so, okay, this is the psychosis, you guys. So then they get caught in the cycle where they're like, so it's everybody else that's making my life miserable. It's not me because I'm just this wonderful, amazing, special, different, completely different from the norm person who stands out because, you know, um, there's nobody like me out there. Like there's nobody else like the other 8 billion, of course, right? Um, they can't see that they're pretty much exactly like all the people like them who have this psychosis. They're exactly like the same exact people who have this, the exact same delusion of grandeur or also delusions of identity. They don't know who the heck they are, what they like. You know, one, one week they're a man, next week they're a woman, one week they're attracted to this, next week they're attracted to that. They're, they don't know who they are. And yet they go to therapy and the therapist tries to help them cope with their delusion. I'm like, no, you're supposed to help them get out of their delusion. But if the therapist should do that, they would probably lose their license because that would, in today's society, that would mean that the therapist was being intolerant and critical and uh, hateful, which is what my friend is going through right now. She's being called all of these things for saying, no, we're not going to try to confuse the kids in school about who they are. We're not going to talk about all of their fantasies and all of their, every emotion is valid. No, you know what? Sometimes emotions are not valid. You know, um, oh my gosh, I was watching this, um, this, this is extreme, of course. I was watching this um, crime documentary called The Confession Killer. I think that's what it's called. It was um, Henry Lee Lucas is his name. So back in the 80s, he confessed to like over 200 uh, unsolved murders. And um, so the people, you know, there, there were a group of people, uh, family of, of some of the victims that he had confessed to murdering. They, they created a support group. And they wholeheartedly believe that he did, in fact, murder their loved one. And the sheriffs, of course, you know, agreed to it and signed off on it and said, yep, he did it. Went through trial, got convicted. And then, come to find out at the end of all of that, once he had died, so by 2001, he died in 2001, by that time, DNA really was taking off. And people were using it more and more to solve crimes. So there was an instance where uh, they used, you know, one per one family was not convinced that he was their loved one's murderer. So they wanted to do the DNA testing. They got the DNA testing done. Come to find out, he did not commit the murder. Like the DNA they found on her, in her, everywhere around her, um... The D, it was not his DNA. So after that was revealed, other families came forward and wanted to have DNA testing. And they found out that also, like 20 of them found out that he did not commit those murders. And they only looked into 20. They never opened up all the other 200. And I'll tell you about that as well. But they only opened up 20 because the families insisted to get this DNA stuff done. And they found out that he did not commit these murders. Well, these families, guess what their emotions were for, let's see, through the 80s, now it's in, for 20 years. For 20 years, they believed that he was the murderer. And so for 20 years, they had nothing but pure hatred for him. That's an emotion. They had this pure hatred for him. They wanted him to get the death penalty. They, they wanted, they full on, like all of, the, you know, the amount of hatred they had for this guy was beyond understanding, right? Beyond imagination, unless you go through that. Um, and guess what? When they found out he didn't do it, that what happened to that emotion? What happened? It, it disappeared. That's what happened. They no longer hated him. 
So the emotion they had for him for 20 years, was it justified? They felt it was justified. They believed what they thought was the truth, right? So their perception and even the evidence that the sheriffs who lied about this, by the way, so I'll get to that in a minute, um, because they wanted to close the case. These sheriffs, they look up, they look better if they can close the case. And this guy was willing to admit to all these murders, then all these uh, police departments across the entire country uh, was willing to accept it. They took it. They, they, even though there were inconsistencies and contradictions and they messed up the investigations entirely and the interrogation entirely, they led the witness the whole time. Um, and he was a psychopath because who the heck admits to all of this, right? And he went into in incredibly horrible details about how he committed the crimes. So they wanted to believe that they were putting away this horrible monster. <clears throat> but in fact, what happened was they allowed the real murderers to go free, right? Because when you imprison an innocent man, the guilty one goes free. He's out there still doing his thing. So back to the emotion. Therapists are teaching people like their emotions are real. And so if the, you know, and, and I, I'm not saying maybe I shouldn't say all therapists, right? Because there are therapists who are helping people work through their emotions and all that, but will they help them through the emotions where they're deluding themselves into believing there's something they're not? That's an emotion, by the way, that makes them believe that science, they are scientific, they are scientifically, or they're, they're not something that they scientifically are. Right? Science proves what they are physically, and yet their emotions make them feel that they're something else. So they must be what they're feeling they are. And that is what they're teaching in the schools, you guys. It's psychotic. It really is. And I know people don't like to use that word, but um, what, what do you call, you know, 10 years ago or even, you know, maybe 20 years ago, I don't know. We would have thought people thinking this way would be absolutely psychotic and would need mental help, right? But now we celebrate it. Now it's like, oh no, this is what makes them special. And I think that kind of drives the psychosis out there. That's what's driving this new narcissist. Maybe that's what we need to come up with, the new narcissist. This is what's this is driving the new narcissist out there that this makes them special. So if they are not like everybody else who knows who they are because of science, then this sets them apart and, the, you know, and their emotions, because they know what they know, what they know for sure. Absolutely certain. It is their truth. Just like those families that knew what they knew that they knew who murdered their loved one. And then suddenly it wasn't. When it was scientifically proven that it was not him, the emotion faded. It disappeared. But they spent 20 years hating somebody who didn't commit the crime. And I kind of feel like we're dealing with that right now with the, the fake narcissists out there. They know that they know that they know. And they know they're a 10, even though... They're probably a two. I'm sorry to say, but personality-wise, they're probably a zero. But um, they know that they know that they're a 10. And they're forcing everybody to live in this delusion with them. And if you don't live in this delusion with them, then you're the hateful person. And I'm sorry to say there are really bad friends or acquaintances maybe out there who will goad the psychotic one and each other into believing they're all tens, right? Have you seen this? I have seen this in action with a gaggle of women, <laughs> you know, I can't even, I don't know what to call them, but they, they put on a ridiculous amount of makeup. They wear almost no clothing. They get ready to go out and then they tell each other how amazing they look, how hot they look, 
how no man is going to be able to turn them down. And the reality is they look like a prostitute. They look like they're getting ready to walk the streets. And every man is going to turn them down, except for the guys who just want a quickie, right? Who just want to have their fun and then leave. No one's going to tell them the truth. None of their girlfriends are telling them the truth. And to me, that's psychotic. It really is. But who, who started this? How did we get to this point where we lie to our friends? You know, these girls are lying to each other. Who are, they're supposedly friends, right? Why would they do that? I don't know. I guess it's a new set of morals that they have where it's better to encourage and never criticize and always be building someone's uh, confidence, even if you're lying to them completely, even if you're sending them out there in, into um, a situation where they're going to be rejected or used, so even worse, or laughed at. Like, how is that good? Anyway, so you guys, the narcissist, they have competition because their competition, the fake narcissist out there, and I call them fake narcissists because they're in therapy. Um, they just, they know that they have problems. They're, they're not a real narcissist. Real narcissists, I don't think, go, go to therapy. Um, well, actually, maybe they do. Sometimes they go to, they find a therapist that will feed their ego. So they'll go to that, that one therapist. They won't actually go to get help, to, to break from the psychosis. But the fake narcissist, they also have a fan club. That's, it's their regular group of friends who won't tell them the truth, who will, you know, praise all their bad behavior, like that, that they sleep around. Their friends are going to be like, ooh, you're so amazing. <clears throat> Because you have all these guys and then, or they'll say, you look so good when they look like a Picasso, you know, like so painted so badly. I'm sorry, I know Picassos are, are extremely, you know, expensive, but I'm not a big, oh, oh, I'm sorry, not Picasso. Maybe it's Van Gogh. No, Van Gogh was amazing. No, it is a Picasso where he had like two eyeballs on one side of the face type of paintings, right? And uh, half a head with hair on it and the other half with no hair. And, um, you know, anyway, you, they look like a makeup gone wrong advertisement. And their friends will still say how amazing they look. I'm like, what the heck is that? That's their psycho fan club that's going to send them out there. Um, anyway, you guys, that is the narcissist today who the, the fake or whatever competition to the narcissist out there. And that's why when we look around, we're like, why are there so many more narcissists nowadays? How is it that there are so many people who are narcissists? And I don't know that they really are narcissists. I think that they are very broken people who want to be special, right? They're very emotionally um, messed up and need... They do need affirmation. They need. They do need attention. They they do need to know that people notice them and like them or admire them or think that they're beautiful or handsome. They they need the attention, and it's not like none of us need any attention. We all need some attention. We all need a little TLC, tender loving care, right? We all need to know that there's somebody out there who cares and loves us, cares about and loves us. Um, but there, it seems like there, there's a right place to seek that and a wrong place to seek that. And narcissists want that kind of attention from strangers and not just um, a few strangers. They need it from a lot of strangers. And the new narcissist also somehow, you know, they need it from a lot of strangers. And that's why social media has, has created these fake narcissists, I don't know, call them fake narcissists, new narcissists, have, have created the new narcissist. And they, they go around and they terrorize everybody who doesn't 
agree with them, who doesn't um, live in their delusion. So you guys, that, I, I don't want to leave on that note. Let's leave on a good note. What's the good news, right? What is the good news? The good news is that we can recognize this and that when you wake up to this, you don't have to fall for it. You don't have to, you know, um, take a step back. This is the good news. You can, at any time, even if you were deluded at one point, you can now take a step back and with a little humility admit, maybe I'm not a 10, right? Maybe I'm not as good looking as the 20 year old version of myself. <laughs> maybe I'm not as hot as I used to be. Um, and that's okay. Like where you are, embrace it. They're good looking 30 year olds. They're good looking 40 year olds. They're good looking 50, 60. I know some good looking 70 year olds. Yeah, I mean, they don't look like they were in their 20s, of course, but they're fit and they're attractive and they have a personality that brings them up to like an eight or so. And that's the good news. We can still do this. We can be exceptional in our own right, but not by following the culture right now. You don't want to follow that. You want to do what's sane. You guys, for me, what helps to keep sanity is a standard. And there really is a standard out there that is pure and true and good. And that standard is in God. It just is. It's in the Bible. You can find it there. You may not find it in a church because a church is full of broken people. Um, but when you find somebody who who exudes this sample, who I'm, I'm sorry, this example, who lives by this example, then learn from them, hang out with them, spend time with them, find out like how to become calm and responsible and effective and overall a good person. Well, you guys, that is the, the happy crappy hour live stream today. There were more things I did not talk about that I will probably talk about next week. But I think that's a really good place to start, you know, where now we know that the narcissist has competition. We do not want to be that competition <laughs> with the narcissist, all right? That's the good news. We don't have to be the competition. We don't have to be the kind of person the narcissist is or that society is trying to um, form people into. It, it's so weird because all these people think that they're being individual and special and different when the mold is exactly the same. They say the exact same things. They behave the exact same way. And they, um, and they think that they're somehow different. I'm like, no, you're exactly the same as the people who think like you. you you're exactly the same angry, mean, uh, delusional, arrogant, annoying, loud person as all the others just like you. So it's really funny to me that they think that this is what sets them apart and makes them special. Uh, all we end up with is a bunch of narcissist wannabes, I guess, out there who are now the new narcissists. <laughs> we have like an army of new narcissists out there. So avoid them. Don't become like them. Uh, instead, hang out with people that you really do admire, people you want to become with, people who give you sanity and, and stability. Well, Obi, thank you so much for commenting on here. Let me see. Oh, wow. Are you kidding me? So your narcissist does teach that? That personality? Yeah. The sad thing is people don't know what's really going on here. Yes, right? Oh, wow, Obi. You know what? I have a lot of 
hope for you. I really do. I think that you're going to be okay. Actually, I think you're you're already getting there. So keep on going. Keep on doing the right things. Uh, stop listening to the lies out there because that's what's destroying all of us, by the way. People who get caught up in the lies that I just talked about in the last hour um, destroys them. It really does because you cannot live in a delusion and be uh, and be healthy. You can't. Delusional people are not healthy people. All right, you guys. Blessings to you. Thank you so much for hopping on. I hope more of you will um, contribute to the conversation, but that's okay. Why don't you um, go ahead and give me a thumbs up and comment on the video uh, when the comments come up and watch a commercial once in a while. Share this channel. I'll keep doing this for as long as I can. And I really, you know, appreciate you guys being here. Let's Let's continue to spread this word. Let's con continue to make this world less narcissistic, okay? And spread the truth um, about what real science is and what a real person is. And let's not fall into this delusion that's um, destroying a lot of people and now targeted towards kids. All right, you guys. Blessings to you. I will see you next week. Don't forget to watch a commercial once in a while. Thank you.